Good evening. Ah, Sam, I want to thank you. You made this so much easier for me. That was a whole lot of scriptures. Thank you. Um, you made this so much easier for me. So I'm looking at verse 35. I'm zeroing in on verse 35, and it's very simple. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Um, I want to say thank you to Richmond Hill for having me back. Um, I must not have done too bad the last time I was here. So let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to spend some time with you. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship together. Now meet us here, because without you, we're just making some noise. God, meet us here. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears that we might be able to receive this word. Have your way, God. And I promise to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor for you alone are worthy. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. <sighs> I would like to tag as a title, The Cost of Witnessing the cost of witnessing. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. When we hear that Jesus wept, we often are given the image of him crying, wailing, tears falling from his eyes. This image works, I guess. This image gives us a view of the man we understood Jesus to be. I have to tell you though, this short verse made me wrestle. It put me in a very weird headspace. Why? My wrestle was about the need for this verse. Sure, Lazarus was dead. It was a sad occasion for everyone, except Jesus. Jesus understood what was happening with Lazarus. Jesus understand what, understood why Lazarus had to die, not sleep. He had to die for such a time as this. But why did the writer deem it necessary to include the fact that Jesus wept? The people who were present were there because they were feeling people. They were who were comforting Mary and Martha in their grief. They knew that Lazarus was dead. They knew the current state of things. This served a purpose. They were able to feel the pain of grief along with Mary and Martha. They were traveling with them for support. This is important in, pack, in unpacking why Jesus wept. Let's look at this scene. Mary, who had sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha, who had, who had also had encounters with Jesus. They were friends of Jesus. There is the dead, Lazarus, who was also a friend of Jesus. The friends and loved ones of Mary and Martha were also present. Stay with me. There's Jesus and his disciples. Jesus has been performing miracles and the Pharisees and Sadducees all were after him. They wanted to kill Jesus. I'll say it again, they wanted to kill Jesus. He was proof of God's true will. He was the reason the people were believing in a new way. At this point, Mary knows who Jesus is. Martha has some idea of who Jesus is. The disciples have seen the miracles. They should know who Jesus is. They should. 
the other Jews present may not have a clue, but they are willing participants. They are present because this is where they want to be. Stay with me. Everyone is in this space on purpose, though. Whether they know what's about to happen, have some idea of what is about to happen, or are totally clueless, they are there on purpose. Let's revisit my initial question. Why did the writer of this text find the need to add verse 35? Why did we need to know that Jesus wept? What about this is crucial to this story? I started to dig for reasons leaders cry in front of the people following them. I came up with some manipulative stuff, but that wasn't the feel of the story. I came across the matching of emotion to humanize the leader in the eyes of the people. That wasn't what Jesus was trying to accomplish here. Why did we need to know that Jesus wept? I tell you every time I talk that I fully embrace that I am a nerd. So I went back to the original language of this text. It's New Testament, so that's Greek. And looked at the word used for Jesus' weeping here. Listen closely. The words used interchangeably are embromoamai and terasso. Stay with me. Embromoamai means to charge with earnest admonition. Terasso means to stir to trouble, to agitate. It is to disrupt the peace on purpose. So disrupting the peace with a charge. Here we have Jesus weeping. He is clear as to what is about to happen. He is clear as about what has to occur and why it needed to occur. Why is this man crying? Jesus is standing before the people who are about to witness him perform this miracle. Many have no clue what this means. Many have no clue that their lives will be changed forever in this moment. Jesus is disrupting the peace. Jesus is charging them with admonition. Jesus is not crying because he is sad. Jesus is crying about what will come. This is a war cry. Jesus is looking at the people who will be witnesses to the resurrection of a man who has been dead for four days. This is a war cry that is meant to call the witnesses to attention. This is meant to scatter those who are present that will not be able to handle the aftermath of the miracle. Keep in mind, Jesus is being targeted because he is performing miracles and doing baptisms, even though that was the disciples, right after, right after this miracle, Lazarus is also targeted. Lazarus is targeted because he is proof that the miracle occurred. This is a war cry. This is not a mourning for the dead. This is a crying out about what will come to the lives of those present. In the words of the late notorious B.I.G., dead men don't do no talking. <laughs> After they witness Jesus perform this miracle, they will be targets of the people who do not want the truth to be told. I'm sure you're thinking that's nice, but what does that have to do with us? How many of you were here to witness the artifacts being dug up in the garden? How many of you have been here for the early work of the Judy Project? 
How many of you have witnessed the power of community coming together through caring for the various leaks in the building? Too specific, let's move a little wider. How many of you remember the Confederate statues on Monument Avenue? How many of you are familiar with the works of Toni Morrison, James Baldwin, W.E.B. Du Bois, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Zora Neale Hurston? Too specific, let's move a little wider. How many of you know the history of the city of Richmond, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the institution of slavery beginning on the water you can see from the windows here? How many of you know that the James River was once called the Powhatan River? How many of you have walked the slave trail? This is all first-hand knowledge of the history that is currently endangered in this administration's Virginia. This information is in danger of being buried. This information is in danger of being erased from common memory. And the witnesses are bearers of light that are in danger of being snuffed out. This text is imperative for your life because you are witnesses to history happening here at Richmond Hill that the governor and several others are trying to bury, hide, erase, and pretend like it never existed. You will have a target on your back because you have the ability to speak truth to power. Jesus was giving these people a heads up about the danger that would come their way. My war cry is the exact same for you. You are witnessing a time in history that will make you a public enemy. How will you move forward? Witnessing the war on CRT, witnessing the banning of books, witnessing the destruction of education, witnessing the removal of women's rights, witnessing the booking of a former U.S. president, witnessing the increase of food deserts, witnessing the senseless killings of black bodies with no repercussions, witnessing the greed rambunctiously mowing down the lives of the unprotected. You are witnesses to the destruction of the church Jesus' ministry crafted. There is a cost for being a witness. This is not a privilege. This makes you vulnerable because you know, and if you are dedicated to the ministry Jesus set in motion, if you are truly the church, this leaves you in a very vulnerable space. You are witnesses against the baddest force in the land, evil. And you have firsthand knowledge of how this, this force has maneuvered. You are a witness to what could be. It is for this reason that you are a threat. You are a danger to a force, to the force that looks to steal, kill, and destroy. And in order for the force to be unhindered, you have to be silenced. Therefore, if you choose not to speak about what you see, then your life is spared. But at what cost? Do you remain silent and allow the lives of others around you to decrease, diminish, and eventually disappear? Do you comply with evil and deny what you know to be true? This witnessing is on purpose. You are seeing the possibility of life. Yes, Richmond Public Schools can be an institution that can produce some of the greatest minds. Yes, children can study black history and be able to coexist without hating each other. Yes, women can make decisions about their own bodies and the world remain popular 
populated. Yes, presidents can actually love the people they lead. Yes, we can read the amazing works of black authors who centered black people. And yes, it should be respected like Shakespeare and Dickens and Frost and Yeats and Hemingway. You are the witnesses that this is possible. You are the light bearers that evil will strategically do its best to snuff out. You are the witnesses that what appears on the surface to be dead, it can be resurrected. It is worthy of rolling the stone and calling it forward. You are the witnesses. Whatever brought you to Richmond Hill tonight landed you on the list of witnesses. You are here because you are called to be a witness. You have been summoned. This is the war cry. And just like in the text, before the evil hits you without you knowing, you had to be made aware that there is a target on your back. You are public enemy number one because you know the truth. The question is, after you witness Lazarus resurrected, after you witness the bondage taken off of Lazarus, when evil comes and proclaims that this did not occur, where will you be? There is a cost for being a witness. There may be no cost of admission here this evening, but there is definitely a cost attached to your witness. The question is, how will you move forward after hearing this war cry? Will you speak and be an advocate for the propensity of life, or will you remain silent and allow evil to snuff out life? There is a cost of being a witness. Amen. Amen.